Oh, do forgive me for disturbing you, Inspector. Oh. oh, hello. I couldn't help but notice you're reading my dear friend Nancy's new publication. She will be so pleased when I write and tell her that the Brighton Constabulary's famous Inspector Steen is a fan. Uh, sorry, your dear friend's... Noblesse oblige. That's um... book. Oh, and this is written by a friend of mine, Nancy Mitford. Oh, really? Good happens. We took our first polo lessons together at Belmoral in 1910. I was only ten months old, and she a mere girl. Uh, I haven't actually started it yet. My constable thought that I should... Melamine. What? My card. It's embossed. Oh, yes, lovely. And the eighth? Oh. But the form of address is Lord, or just Melamine. Oh. Yes, the Mitfords have been my friends for as long as I can remember. Uh, first there was Nancy, of yeah. course. Yeah. Then Jemima. You'll know of Jemima, of course. Uh, oh, yes, yes, of course. Uh, <laughs> Jemima. <laughs> and then Gravity. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, poor, poor Gravity. Uh, yes, yes. The, uh, to be brought down like that. Well, you know what they say, Gravity by name. True, true. You know, Panda was always my favourite. Panda, really? No, not, um, who's the, um, who's the other one? Jampot. That's it. No, for me, it was always Panda. The way she arm-wrestled Stalin in Yalta. Mm. The way she introduced the dear Mahatma to clay pigeon shooting. Ah. The way she drove F. Scott Fitzgerald to drink. Ah, yes. <laughs> Look, may I buy you a frothy coffee, Inspector? Be the most enormous pleasure. Oh. Book of Inspector Scheme by Lynn Truss. Episode 5 Room at the Top. It caused quite a stir the publication of Nancy Mitford's Noblesse Oblige. This was the book that divided the world, for better or worse, into you and non you. Not that our resident clever dick Constable Twitten needed enlightening on the subject, of course. Well, sir, the thing is, I read all about it three years ago in the Finnish Philological Journal, Neu Philologisch Mittelungen, <laughs> April 1954. You read it well. Oh, you know, dear, the New Philogonus Mittens Lounge. I'm forever dithering between that and TV mirror and disc news, aren't you, dear? <laughs> well, the author said... Well, the author said... Thank you. And it was pretty self-evident, really, was that the English... English upper class, or you, now relies solely on its old-fashioned dialect to distinguish it from the hoi polloi. Really? For example, Mrs. Goyne, Sergeant Brunswick, what would you call that thing there on the wall? What, dear, that looking glass, dear? I'd call it a mirror, son, because it is one. Dear, oh dear, any more of that tea, Mrs. G? <laughs> mirror, you see, that's jolly interesting, sir. And what about this jar of stuff here? What? This. Look. With the golly on it. Strawberry jam. And this. That's... Look, Twitney. Yes, sir, I'm merely trying to demonstrate... It's a serviette. Or a napkin. But, sir, you would definitely call it... A serviette. Look, what's going on? Has everyone gone mad? It's a flaming serviette. That's jam. That's a mirror. And that's a flaming serviette. Or a napkin. Here's your tea, dear. Mrs. Goins? Yes, dear. Have you read the book? Me, dear? Oh, I've got better things to do, dear. It's just that most people of your class would definitely say serviette. Class? What's class got to do with it all of a sudden? What are you implying, Twitten? Uh, sorry, sir, I'm just curious, sir. I don't mean any harm by it. Really, dear? Well, as people of my class sometimes say, you seem to be asking for a right, I'll punch up the bracket. But I, I didn't mean... It's just that upper-class people say napkin or, or looking-glass. Look! Just as they say lavatory instead of toilet, or, or wireless instead of radio. Look! Here comes the inspector, dear. Look! Which is interesting! Look! For Pete's sake, what's wrong with calling a serviette 
A serviette! Morning, morning, morning. Morning, sir! Oh, oh I'm, I'm <coughs> sorry. Morning, sir. Cup of tea, dear. I think you arrived in the nick of time. <laughs> that would be lovely. Uh, is everything, uh, anything going on? Pardon me for asking, sir, but, but have you read that copy of Noblesse Oblige, I oh. actually? Oh, no, not yet. But, on the other hand, I've actually met someone who knows this Nancy Mitford of yours, so perhaps I don't need to. Really, sir? Yeah. A friend of Nancy Mitford? Oh, yes, he knows all the Mitfords, in fact. All of them, sir? Yeah, lovely girls. Uh, Jemima, Gravity... Uh, uh, Jessica, sir, U uh, Unity. He's the one who knows them, Twitten. Yeah, here you are, dear. Take the notice of the constable, dear. Oh, I certainly shall. But, yeah, he's having one of his insufferable days, isn't <laughs> he, Sergeant? Flaming wellies. You are! Who's this new friend of yours, then? But I don't think I've ever met anyone like him before. He's just so... What's the word? Oh, clean? No. Posh. Yes. Do you know, this chap told me he was actually playing polo at Balmoral before he was a year old. Well, that's impossible, sir. Well, apparently not, Twitten, since he did it. Now, I mean, look at this. Embossed. Well, yes. Can I see? Yeah, here. What did he look like, dear, this, uh... Lord Melamine. Um, would a lord be doing in Luigi? Yeah, he didn't have a wall eye by any chance, dear. Yeah, he did, as a matter of fact. Mm. This is a lovely cup of tea. Mm. Sir, I hope you don't mind my mentioning oh. this, sir. But this book does inadvertently instruct charlatans on how to pretend to be something they're not. Uh, by having their cards embossed instead of printed, for example. Well, lucky for me, then, that I have a highly tuned sensitivity to fraudulence of any kind. <laughs> well, not really, sir. <laughs> Don't forget, you fell for that April Fool's Day panorama report about <gasps> spaghetti growing on trees. Oh, dear. <laughs> Here in the spaghetti fields on the Swiss-Italian border... Switzerland. ...the spaghetti harvest is a little late this year. Switzerland. <laughs> Generations of cultivation have ensured that every strand of spaghetti <laughs> grows to exactly the same length. <laughs> Hmm. Something up, sir? More tea, dear? Anyone? No, thank you, Mrs. Grimes. I'm going out. What? You know he felt a real nana over that spaghetti thing, Constable. Yes. Yeah, well, I think you should apologise, dear. At once, if you've got any sense. <laughs> Would you rather I hadn't explained it to you, sir? Uh, Twitten, I, we're not going to discuss this again. When the BBC, the BBC, deliberately sets out to deceive the public... You were about to broadcast an appeal for relief against the depredations caused by the spaghetti weevil, sir. I had to tell you. Brunswick, are you coming? Yes, sir. I'll tell you what, I'll introduce you to my new posh friend. Thank you, sir. Shall I come too, sir? No, Twitten, no. Why don't you stay here and... And... and read a book! Poor Twitten. But that's the trouble with being cleverer than everyone else, I suppose. He would have loved to meet someone who'd met Nancy Mitford. And I got to meet him instead. The only thing was, the minute I laid eyes on this wall-eyed cove, I knew, I, I just knew, he was a wrong un. Now, this is the sort of thing I would mention only to two good law-abiding friends like yourselves. Mm -hmm. What do you say to that? Oh. Is that... It's a gold brick, Sergeant. A genuine gold brick. Good God. Certainly takes the breath away, doesn't it? Good God. 
there's an interesting story. This was part of a consignment of Russian gold loaded onto the battleship Potemkin at the time of the 1905 revolution. In the 1920s, it belonged to Rudolf Valentino, and then the Nazis got hold of it. But General Eisenhower liberated it from Berlin, and then... Um, Inspector? Look. Look at that, Brunswick. Sorry, sorry, do carry on. Hi. Shall I put it back out of sight? I think you'd better, sir. Right. Oh. Uh, it's gone. Good God. Now, what I need from you two upstanding members of the community is advice. Advice about what, sir? I need to find a home for five of these gold bricks, Sergeant. In the next 24 hours. I don't mind if I get a mere fraction of what they're worth, but I don't wish to have anything to do with criminals. Why is that, sir? Because they're villains, usually, and they find out where you live. No, I mean, why do you have to get rid of the gold? Oh, death duties. Ah. Mm, never had it so good, the <laughs> man says. Well, not if you inherit a stately home in 1957. Mm. Game licenses, primogeniture penalties, richness tariffs, you wouldn't believe it. Window tax. Oh, I know, I know. I'm so, so sorry. Naturally, one doesn't wish to do anything illegal. No. Uh, Which is why I thought I should ask the dear inspector for his advice. Yes? I can't legally sell this gold on the open market, Mm. but I can sell it privately, so long as I do it in the next 24 hours before the official inventory is taken and I'm obliged to declare it. It's an insane situation. Mm. But the topsy-turvy fact of it is, if I could get, say, just 30 pounds for each brick, I would be personally better off than if I keep the gold. To tell you the absolute truth, I'm desperate to get it off my hands. Is it? Uh, Well, I hope you don't mind my asking, sir. But is it real? Uh, Here. Blimey. Would you like to take it away for authentication purposes, Sergeant? You'd trust me with this? Of course. But the inspector hasn't said anything. Inspector. I'm sorry. Hmm? Um, my, my eyes are watering. Oh, here. Use this serviette. Oh, thank you. Now, if you'll excuse me, I think I'll look for the toilet. Oh, Inspector Steen, after all this time of listening to you on the radio, this is such a privilege. You're sure he said radio? He said toilet, he said radio, and he said serviette. Hmm. He obviously hasn't read that precious book of yours very carefully, has he? I knew it. Pardon, Mrs. G? Oh, nothing, nothing. Cup of tea, dear. Oh, lovely. Oh, but the thing is, Twin, even if he is a charlatan, there's no doubt that this, this is real. I've been to three different goldsmiths. It's worth just under £500. Hmm. I don't get it, Twitten. I just don't get it. Why would Melamine want to sell five of these gold bricks to the inspector for 150? The inspector's already done a deal. Who wouldn't? They're meeting this evening at the Metropole at 8 o'clock. I'm to take this back there this afternoon. The inspector is cashing in all his premium bonds. Oh, Oh, is that my tea? Here you are, dear. Uh, Do you mind if I sit down? Oh, no, of course. Uh, Now, will you tell him constable or will I? Tell me what? This gold brick nonsense. It's It's a classic scam, sir. Classic scam? And there have been several reports of it in recent editions of the Police Gazette. Was that why you asked about the wall eye, Mrs G? Oh, no, dear. That was just a lucky guess. You see, sir, this brick is real, but the ones he sells the inspector will look identical, but will be made of brass. That's right, dear. With files of mercury inside to make up the weight. That's shocking! Yes. 
That's fundamentally dishonest. And in the Police Gazette, there have been many mentions of a confidence trickster operating the gold brick fraud around the country. A confidence trickster, as it happens, with a distinctive wall eye. Wall eye, Pete, dear. Gosh. He'll have targeted the inspector, knowing of his reputation for good-natured gullibility and overall idiocy. <laughs> oh, it's fiendishly clever, dear. And this is almost the perfect crime, mm. because no famous and respected policeman would dare admit to being conned, you see. Oh. Not when it would obviously attract accusations of narniness. Yes. Don't you ever read the Gazette yourself, dear? Well, I do the crossword. I suppose he did feel a bit of a nana over that spaghetti thing. Yes, dear. And no thanks to a certain clever young person rubbing it in at every opportunity. Mm. So I think we'll have to come up with something subtle and ingenious, dears. Mm. That will get rid of all I peat, but at the same time not make the inspector feel he's all of a sudden yellow. <laughs> curve. Grows in big bunches in Jamaica. <laughs> Got the word fives written across it in blue. <laughs> now, this standard around Jordan won't get Archbishop Macarius to renounce violence and get that thorny Cyprus question sorted for good and all now, will it, dears? <laughs> I've got a nipple foam for some bits. I am often asked, what makes a good policeman? Is it having perfect eyesight and enormously big flat feet? <laughs> no. What makes a good policeman is simply a clear and detailed knowledge of the law. I mention this because it is sometimes suggested by modern novelists that the police themselves flout the law whenever it suits them. But I am here to tell you that the law, the law, is a policeman's daily meat and drink. You'd be surprised how many of us do actually have big fat feet, though. <laughs> and getting slippers to fit is a really difficult job. I mean, I go to a little man in home who's extremely talented. I don't like it, Twitten. It offends my instinctive sense of right and wrong. Also, no offence, Mrs. Groins, but are we expecting a famous confidence trickster to be taken in by our charlady dressed up like a duchess? Pass me the first stole, dear. I think it's on the chair. Here you are, Mrs. G. Diamond bracelet. Oh, here. Right, dears. Prepare to be amazed. Oh. How's that? Flaming heck. Gosh, well done, Mrs. G. Thank you. Moses the Pierces, his toes is a Moses the Pierces, <laughs> Now, you run along to his hotel, Sergeant, and take his gold brick back. Then take the inspector to Luigi's and keep him there till eight o'clock. Right, eight o'clock. Meanwhile, I'll be in the bar at the Metropole at 6.30 sharp. 6.30 sharp. And the constable can raid the room at 7.15. Right, 7.15, right. Uh, right. You off then, dear? Uh, right, so I just keep Inspector Steen occupied. That's right. For about four hours until it's all over. Uh, yes. Uh, right. You seem confused by something, sir. Well, I don't seem to be doing anything useful, that's all, Twitten. I mean to say, I am a policeman and I have a lot of experience of undercover work. Yes, but the thing is, dear, Pete knows you already, doesn't he? He's seen you in the uniform. Oh, uh, right, right. Yes, yes, of course. Yeah, and uh, whereas me and young Twitten here, he hasn't met. Do you see? I hope you don't mind my mentioning it, dear, but I think this might be something you tend to overlook when going undercover in the normal way of things, dear. What, what, what do I overlook? That all the villains in this town know what you flaming well look like, dear. Oh, uh, uh right, sir. Uh, oh, 
That's a bit of a... Sorry, sir. That was a bit harsh, Mrs G. Uh, no, 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 that's all right. Point taken, Mrs Groins, point taken. Oh. You'd better get going, then. We promise to tell you all about it afterwards. Look, here's my waiter uniform. Oh, oh that's, uh... <laughs> that's lovely, son. Um, well, be careful. Don't take any unnecessary risks. <clears throat> um, right. I tried not to think about what Mrs. Groins had said, but I, I couldn't help it. The villains all knew what I looked like. Why hadn't anybody mentioned that before? But I had my job to do, so I did it. I hurried along to the Metropole with the brick, then went to find the inspector at Luigi's. Obviously, I couldn't tell him about our plan, because A, I had to protect him from the truth for the sake of his feelings, and... B, it was a little bit illegal. It was how much? I'll write it down, shall I, sir? We don't want everyone hearing. Hmm. Tell you what, I'll write it on this serviette. Four hundred and seventy-nine pounds! Each. Meanwhile, Mrs. Groins' plan was going like a dream. Ah. <laughs> Pardon me for mentioning it. Um, oh, may I? That bracelet of yours, my dear, it's quite, quite beautiful. You must be terribly wealthy, my dear. And you're ever so lardy down. Oh, Melamine, you men. What do you know about anything? What do you know about jewellery? <laughs> ah, indeed. Look at me. A black country earl, my dear, that's all. You surely don't think that this trinket of mine is real. No, it, its value is no concern of mine, of course, but it, it so closely resembles a piece my mother owned before she went mental, of course. Oh, no. Hmm. Another glass of bubbles. Um, waiter! You called, sir. Ah, waiter, pour us another two glasses. Very good, sir, of course. Oh, excuse me, madam. Oh, be careful there. Oh, oh, be careful. What are you doing? Oh, no, what have I... Oh, I'm so sorry, madam. Your bracelet. Oh, is it all right? Oh. Shall I take no, no, it? No, 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 really, uh, everything is fine. But I could please leave us... No, no. Unhand that lady's bracelet at once. Of course, sir. I'm so sorry, sir. Please go away. Yes, madam. Now, where were we? Oh, you were just telling me about your poor mother, who was mad, poor thing. <sighs> What is it? I was just thinking, Celia. Uh, may I call you Celia? If you like, but if you wanted me to answer, my name's Claudia. Cla Claudia, I have to ask. Were you really not aware that that young man was attempting to steal your diamond bracelet? <laughs> Don't be absurd, Melamine. <laughs> diamond bracelet. <laughs> In any case, I'm so careless with things I do deserve to lose them, honestly. <laughs> my jewellery, my heart, you know, everything. Do you know what I've got upstairs in my room? A monogrammed dressing gown? Two monogrammed dressing gowns. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine what it was like for me missing out on this? I wasn't the only one who didn't get the joke, Brunswick. No, sir. I know it made sense that it was me keeping the inspector talking at Luigi's. The BBC had thousands of complaints. Yes, sir. But, go. Missing out on Mrs. Groins being the femme fatale. That's better, <sighs> isn't it? <laughs> what a charming room. Yes, I always prefer the view from the back of any hotel, don't you? Mm. Sea views are so vulgar. <laughs> Let's, uh... Mm, get more comfortable. Mm. 
Oh, Melamine, could you put this somewhere safe for me? I can see you're so worried about it falling off. Oh, well, what a good idea. <laughs> um, where shall I put it? Um, oh, over there, in the pocket of your coat. Oh, good girl. Uh, you are a good girl, aren't you? <laughs> What's all this, Melamine? That, <laughs> that uh, what exactly? This, this. Great load of gold bricks. No, leave them, please, Cecilia. Claudia. Claudia, yes. Look, stop it. Why? Because, because they meant a lot to my mother. What's that? Oh, no. Open up. Open up. Police. Police? What are the police doing here? What have you done? No, nothing. I, I can't imagine. Open up. My dear, I'm afraid I'd better... Oh, well, get rid of them as quickly as you can, Melamine. I, I certainly shall. Now, look here. What's all this knocking? You. Yes, me, sir. But you're... I'm a policeman, sir, yes. And I'm coming in, sir, so stand back. It's the waiter chap from downstairs, my dear. The one I thought was trying to steal your bracelet. Whereas, in fact, I was checking it, sir, yes. And as a result of checking it and recognising it as part of the all from last week's violent robbery on the estate of Lady Maria Osborne... What? I am now arresting you, Hilda Jenkins, under the receiving of stolen goods. Oh, What's seven, section four. I must caution you that anything you say may be used in evidence. And you can drop the la dee da Hilda. It won't wash with me. All right. Celia. Claudia, Claudia, Cecilia, what's going on? Shall I call for the manager and have this man thrown out? Oh, all right, all right. I should have guessed you was a copper. What? This woman is a notorious criminal, sir. You've had a lucky escape. What? You'll be free to go, sir, I'm sure. Oh, good. Well, I'll go right now, then, if you don't mind. Where's my coat? Oh, yes. Uh, look, I can be gone in seconds, sir. This is... Uh... Well, this is honestly the most horrible thing that's ever happened to me. I feel quite ill. Well, not so fast. I just need to find out one thing. Where are the diamonds, Hilda? Not in my possession, pig. Oh, come off it. I saw them with my own eyes not ten minutes ago. Yeah, but his lordship here has got them now. Yes, but... He's I... not as innocent as he puts on, dear. He was just about to leave with them in his pocket. Is this true, sir? Well, well is I... this true, uh, sir? Well, here they are. I took them, yes. Well, so it's but, true, but, sir. But it was only for safekeeping. Oh, this doesn't look good, sir. This doesn't look good at all. And what's all this? Now, that gold is mine. That's been in the family for years. Now, he's lying. That's stolen, that is. No, no. So, receiving stolen goods and freighting illicit gold. I hope you like prison food, sir. Unless... Unless what? No, no. Forget I spoke. Um, what, what, what do you mean, unless? See here, Claudia, Hilda, what did he mean when he said unless? Oh, can't you guess, dear? What? 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 He's got a price, dear. They've all got a price. But he's a policeman. Bell up, Hilda. Yeah, oh, shut up, you're all the same. Seize it, you yeah. Look, officer, this has nothing to do with I'm me. I'm afraid I don't believe you, sir. You had the diamonds in your possession. You could be looking at five years for aiding and abetting. Then coppers are everywhere. I'm warning you, Hilda. Arms out, no questions asked. Listen, asked. you. Take the gold. What? what? There are six bricks there, sir. Take them all, please. Just <gasps> take it, take it, please, please, please. <laughs> 
Let me go. Blimey, are you mad, dear? You could have had the likes of him for a couple of bob and a bag of humbugs. Hilda. I'll leave off your big bully. Bully, have I? Yeah, I've got friends I oh, have. Oh, so have I. Please, get, can I go now? Right, I'm calling for reinforcements. Don't you try anything. <laughs> Operator. Um, Operator. Um, so, I'll just leave then. Thank you, officer, thank you. If, if you're ever in the vicinity of Melamine Hall and you want to learn polo... Listen, mm. I don't want to see you in this town ever again. Got that? Yes. Now, up it! Hello? Hello, operator? Yeah, get me the Brighton police. I said, get me the... Oh, I'm terribly sorry, I've dialed the wrong number. <laughs> Has he gone? He has, dear. Oh, bravo, dear. <gasps> Golly. That was the most exciting thing I've ever done. <laughs> Constable Twitten and Mrs Groins were really pleased with themselves for days, but at least they'd saved Inspector Steen's feelings. He would never know that Lord Melamine was a wicked con man who'd taken him for a muck. The inspector got a single gold brick, the genuine one of course, which I'd carefully marked, and an apology on Metropole notepaper called away to urgent debate in upper chamber, charmed to meet you, Melamine. The fake bricks we dumped off the West Pier. You'll go, Twitten. Thank you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And here goes the last one. (laughs) All in all, it was a job extremely well done. Or at least it seemed that way, until, a week later, Inspector Steen received a letter from the Home Secretary, who happened to be a friend of, um... Oh, we're terribly sorry, sir. We thought he was Wall-Eyed Pete. Sir. We thought he was Wall-Eyed Pete. Did. Well, that will sound very convincing in court, Tritton. Thank you. An English lord is going to sue the personnel of the Brighton Police for robbing him and half-scaring him to death, and we're going to defend ourselves with, oh, we're terribly sorry, we thought he was Wall-Eyed Pete. It seems Melamine had been raised by his father, the eccentric 7th Earl, to be untouched by aristocratic influences of any sort as a kind of socialistic experiment. And that's why our chap could only pretend to know the Mitfords, you see, and why he quite happily used non-you words like serviette. But the main thing was, having recently inherited the family fortune, Melamine was on an urgent philanthropic mission to spread his enormous wealth and had come up with that daft story about inheritance tax just to get honest people to accept gold bars worth 500 quid each. He had picked out the inspector as a recipient of £2,500 because he so admired his broadcasts on the wireless. It was about here, sir. About here. Down there, sir. Yes, I do get the picture, actually, Brunswick. I wonder, could you both... Could you both just... Leave me alone for a moment? Sir. Sir. It turned out that Wall-Eyed Pete had been arrested two weeks before all this, and you know what? Wall-Eyed Pete didn't even have a wall-eye. It just goes to show, clever or not... You can't trust everything you read. In episode 5 of The Casebook of Inspector Steen by Lynn Truss, Brunswick was played by John Ram, Twitten, Matt Green, Mrs. Groin, Samantha Spiro, Inspector Steen, Michael Fenton Stevens, and Lord Melamine, Mark Heap. Music was by Anthony May, the producer was Karen Rose. The Casebook of Inspector Steen was a Sweet Talk production. 
for BBC Radio 4. Next week in the last episode... It's all arranged then, Charlie. He's going to get done on Tuesday. Oh, my God, my life is in danger. Mrs. Groins has unloaded all the guns in the station, sir. You both believe me at last. <laughs> <laughs>